Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. A programming note, this upcoming Tuesday night, we will be doing the cast assessment podcast for the upcoming season of Survivor, Survivor 46. And this upcoming Thursday, we will also be doing the recap podcast of Survivor 46. The premiere episode is set for this Wednesday, which will be a two-hour premiere. So we're going to have quite a bit to talk about on Thursday night, after every, a day after everybody has seen the two-hour premiere. Uh, so first off, though, we have, uh, we have some sports to discuss. Uh, I'll be quite honest, I've been, I've been kind of busy today. Didn't really get much of a list up for tonight, so I'm pretty much going to be winging it tonight. There's not going to be really any, uh, any sort of order that we go in. Um, like we usually do on the show here. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, kind of be patient just in case there's a possibility. I've been having internet problems, so there's a possibility, or not internet, but computer problems. So there's a possibility that my computer may go off at some point during during the show tonight. Uh, but hopefully it doesn't. Uh, I see I have Lou on the line uh, right now currently. Lou, uh, apologies for not making your show earlier today. I was, uh, well, it's been a pretty hectic day. We'll just put it that way. Well, I had a good crowd, but, you know, thank you, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's been kind of a hectic day. I've been, uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff I've had to get done. Um, yeah. And before I knew it, I looked up at the clock and it was 6 o'clock, so... Uh, actually, it was more like six thirty. I think by the time I got everything finished, because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff uh, for not just the whispers group, but also uh, also preparations for uh, for stuff I had to do. Uh, I have to do coming back uh, from uh, from the week uh, the week off I had this past week. So I have to get stuff ready for work. But uh, we have a lot. To, or we we'll basically cover all of the uh, all of the sports uh, tonight. Like I, like I said, I didn't really have, I didn't really put down you know an exact list. Uh, but you know, I think obviously the one of the one of the main topics right now is spring training. Uh, yeah. Spring training officially got off uh i think what where were the first games were they yesterday or were they the day before actually one started thursday with the uh, padres and the, and the dodgers that was the only game on thursday there were four games yesterday the really the bulk of it started really today if you want to put it like that right yeah because i because i was looking at the uh i was looking at the schedule and i know i noticed that i mean obviously you know uh my boston red sox uh Started up their uh, their actual professional schedule today. Uh, I know there are some 
there are some teams that start off with games against against college teams to start off their spring training. Yeah. Uh, but the professional portion of it officially started a couple of days ago. But for Boston and many other teams, it started today. And I mean, honestly, you know, there's not really much that you can go off of when it comes to spring training when you consider no, the fact that. I mean, maybe maybe some of the things that you can get that you can look at is okay, you know, which prospects may may potentially make the jump from uh from the minors yeah. and potentially potentially crack the opening day roster. Uh I'll tell you I'll tell you though, so far out of uh <coughs> out of the game that I saw today, you know, Boston now granted Keep in mind, you know, Boston only played a few of their young, uh, a few of their young players from last year. Uh, Sedan Rafaela and William Abreu uh, both went hitless today. Uh, but a lot of these games early on, we're gonna see, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of lower end sort of players. Like we're talking yeah. any any invites from Double A, any invites from Triple A. Uh, you know, I, I've noticed that normally when spring training comes along, you only you only see a tidbit of of actual starters right early on in the, early on in spring training. It's not until I'd say maybe midway through that the actual starters actually start playing on a regular basis, uh, but. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that sounds about about like the like the right time frame. Uh but we did get uh so you will you will see, you know, uh starters, but it they'll, like for starting pitchers, they only they only throw like maybe one or two innings uh stuff like that. Um and as far as hitters go, maybe you'll see them go around two, maybe three times around the order, depending yeah. on uh, depending on what on what the specific manager wants them to do. Uh, but <laughs> I just I got to say, you know, coming from from Boston standpoint, I mean, they lost a slim four to three yeah. game against Baltimore. Like I said, you know, nothing really to go off of. Uh, but if I'm Boston, I'm hoping that that you're not seeing uh, – maybe perhaps this was just the case of uh, the young players shaking off the shaking off the rust from not having played oh, since, since September. But if That's we start unusual. to see, you know, if if you start to see uh, them string along multiple games of going hitless. Uh, do you think it's any it's any kind of concern, Lou? If you start to see, uh, you know, for 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 young young hitters like Sedan Rafaela and William Abreu, who were on the team last year to end the season, is it of any concern if you start to see them string along multiple hitless games during spring training? Spring training, no. I mean, you're just trying to get the feeling, especially the rookies. They have to get you know used to all the adjustments 
and whatnot. And it takes time for the young players to get started. So, no, I'm not really concerned about the spring break. Now, if it was six weeks into the regular season, yeah, then I start to feel a little bit concerned. But right now, no. I mean, you know, you got you got to you know, give them a little leeway, you know, especially now. I mean, because these games don't mean anything right now. So, you know, I think I I think I give them for the doubt here. True. I mean, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the players, uh, not just on Boston, but on Baltimore. You know, Cedric Mullins, he went hit list today. Uh, Anthony Santander went hit list, as did a uh, prized prospect Heston Kierstad. He went hitless as well with two strikeouts. Uh, Jackson Holiday he went hitless, uh, even though he got he got the start at second base for the Orioles today. Uh, as far as uh, as far as their new acquisition, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns looked like uh, he looked like the ace that he's supposed to be for Baltimore. So I think that's a obviously you know spring training. Not you're not really getting the real you're not getting the real competition in spring training but uh corbin burns you know it's it's a good sign the fact that uh he's starting off the spring strong uh boston on boston side garrett whitlock he gave up a solo homer very early on to uh to, I think it was Adley Rutschman that he gave that he gave it up to. Yeah, Adley Rutschman, uh, very early on in the first uh, in the first inning. But other than that, I mean, he looked sharp, two strikeouts, uh, and that was the only hit that he surrendered. So, uh, all in all, you know, maybe perhaps this is a this is a potential season if they keep Whitlock as a starter. And not play that yeah. bullshit game of am I gonna am I gonna be a starter am I gonna be a reliever? Uh, yeah. As long as they don't play that game and they keep him as a starter, I think he'll probably be fine. Um, I think so. I was also I was also uh, impressed by Isaiah Campbell uh, being able to get out of a uh, out of a bit of a jam in the uh, fifth inning. He had given up a hit and and he walked one uh, he walked one guy as well, but he ended up striking out uh, Heston Kierstad to end the inning. Uh, Isaiah Campbell, of course, their newest acquisition from Seattle. Uh, he's probably going to take the spot that uh, that was left that was left uh, vacant by the uh, the trade of John Schreiber last week. Yes. Uh, now, as, as far as a couple of other games around the league, uh, this one is about to probably, yeah, that just went final, actually. Houston, 7-4 to four over, I think it was Washington that they played. I think so, yeah. Uh, we do have, uh, we do have, uh, actually, that should cover all the finals, actually, because I don't think anybody's still playing. Uh, Minnesota, 5-3 yeah. to three win over Pittsburgh. Atlanta six to five over Tampa. Actually, just to be curious, I want to see who started that. Okay, right. it was Strider. So, so Sale probably won't be until later. Um, I want to see how Sale actually actually fares this spring. Uh, Miami with a nine to eight victory over St. Louis. The New York Yankees. I, 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 my God, twenty-two to ten. Over the combined, 
a combined 32 runs between the Yankees and the Tigers today, Lou. I know someone's not happy about that right now, and he's going to kill me tomorrow night. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, we normally don't – we don't see – we don't normally see, the, uh, you know, this much of a high-scoring game, period, let alone during the no. spring. But maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe, but even then is a, is a little bit of a stretch, though. Mm. Uh, but, however, we, we did get a uh, two-run home run from Andy Ibanez of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, also getting some RBIs from Jung, Heath, uh, Leonard with three RBIs, Heath had two RBIs, uh, and Madras and Mal Gary. Uh, also got respective RBIs as well. Uh, Olsen pretty much, uh, well, he started, Reese Olsen was the uh, starter for Detroit, went one and two-thirds innings, giving up two earned runs, walked three hitters. Uh, that's not a good sign uh, for no. a, especially if he's supposed to be, their number one starter. Uh, he went five and seven last year, and he's going to be their number one starter. Uh, that's not a good sign if you're getting if you're getting uh, tagged early on by. Uh, now, granted, like I said, it's you know it's spring training, but at the same time, I mean, take a look at some of these relievers. Uh, you know, Diaz got tagged for three runs in less than an inning. Uh, Englert got tagged for three runs in two innings. Uh, Hernandez tagged for four runs, uh, as well as Merrill getting tagged for four runs on the span of an inning. So the Yankees' highest inning was the ninth inning where they scored eight runs. The Tigers ended up scoring four in the bottom half. But, uh yeah, you know, the hitting was the was the story for the Yankees today. Fifteen hits, including I believe Okay, no, I guess not. I thought one of them was a grand slam, but no, apparently not. Uh they did get home runs though from Grisham, from Torrens, uh Vivas and Jones. Uh, however, the total RBIs are as follows. Jeter Downs got two RBIs. Uh, you got an RBI for Durbin, an RBI for Gonzalez, three RBIs for Grisham, four RBIs for Jones, two RBIs for Rice, two RBIs for Rojas, two RBIs for Torrens, and an, R- an RBI apiece for Volt, for Anthony Volpe, and also for Vivas. Uh, and and the uh, starter for the Yankees today was Luis Gil, uh, or Luis Gil, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, went two oh, innings. Give, do, do, do you know how, how it's pronounced? Is it is it a uh, is it a silent G or is it a? Uh, it might be a silent or, G. But when you hear the accent, you probably couldn't tell. Yeah, because I know because I know that um, like the New England Revolution, for example, they have a they have a player called Carlos Carlos Gill, but he, but it's pronounced heel. Yeah, like the heel of a shoe or the heel of a foot. So right. uh, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced. 
uh, right. here. But, uh, yeah, so Heal got the uh, got the win today. Uh, two innings, giving up two runs on one hit, two walks, three strikeouts, and the hit was a home run. So, I mean, that's pretty much uh, – uh, you know, I I I just gotta say, if this if if uh, if the Yankees prospects are getting off to this hot of a hot of a start hitting, now granted granted they were playing Detroit, but uh, you know that could be something Yankee fans could look forward to if if injuries end up happening this year. Uh, you know, you could see uh, maybe perhaps hitting may not be the problem this year. Yeah, but I never judge a season by what happens in spring training because it can, it can go at 360 just like that. So while you see what's happening in spring training and all that, uh, it doesn't mean it's going to hold up in the regular season. Take the Tigers, for example. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it is a good point, the fact that, uh, you know, you can't really take anything out of spring training. Like, you can't really no. tell – uh, I would say, if anything, the one thing you can take is maybe the progression of certain players, depending on, uh, you know, depending on how they perform. Uh, like, I mean, Anthony Volpe, just just from looking at his uh, at his stat line, it looks like he hasn't really, uh, you know, not really shown that much rust uh, coming off of a strong rookie season for him last year. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we had another barn burner. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies with a one-run win over the Toronto Blue Jays, fourteen to thirteen, with a combined twenty-nine hits between both clubs. Again, that's really far- preseason because you know uh, that's how it usually comes out. Like, you know, you can have these uh, kind of slugs, but because you know, not in the use of the pitching and whatnot, and the hitters just like. Uh, come out ready to, ready to swing. So it doesn't really surprise me just in spring training at all. You know, these high-scoring affairs, or once he gets more like a 21 to 2 or whatever, you know, it, it, it's very common more in spring training games. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you would expect more out, of the, more out of this from spring training as opposed to, you know, in the Absolutely. regular season, it would be more. It would be. It would be more uncommon to see games like this uh, – Right. Like this takes place, essentially. Uh, but as far as far as uh, you know, Philadelphia goes. Let's see. I mean, they got they got a couple of home runs from Wilson, from Kingery, uh, and from Kroon. Uh, Toronto, all of their all of their runs came off of. Uh, well, the ball stayed in the park. We'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. Came all off of regular hits. Dalton Varsho was probably the best player of the day for them. A perfect three for three with three RBIs uh, and also a run scored as well. Uh, Bo Bichette went two for three with two runs scored. Uh, Justin Turner had, I believe... No, that must have been just a single then. Uh he did he only he only went up to bat once, uh had a single, was uh drove in a run, but he was also driven in as well. 
later on in that. Uh, former Yankee uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falifa went two for three with an RBI as well in this matchup. Uh, so, I mean, you know, like what like we've said, uh, take take spring training results with a grain of salt. Uh, really, the only thing you can really take out of it is uh, maybe the the progression of certain players. Yes. Oh, by the way, as far as as far as that Yankee prospect goes, Jones, the top ranked prospect, that home run was uh, four hundred and seventy feet. So, oh, yeah. he, I know he came, I think he did, didn't he come up to the majors at the end of the season last year? If my memory is correct, yes. So, I, I think I think it was due to injury. I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks the main roster then. I think it's a very distinct possibility. Yeah. Uh, some other finals, the St. Louis uh, Cardinals with a 10 to five victory over the New York Mets, uh, Cincinnati, uh, blanked the Cleveland Indy or the Cleveland guardians. I mean, four to nothing. The Colorado Rockies. I know it's, it's, it's very hard. You know, every time I think Cleveland, I think Cleveland Indians. I don't think Cleveland guardians. So. It's it's very hard for me to, you know, for for me to register that in my head, so to speak. Like Cleveland, every time I see Cleveland, I think Cleveland Indians, not Cleveland Guardians. It's the, it's the same thing with the Washington Commanders. You know, I think Washington Redskins. I don't think Washington Commanders. Exactly. Uh, but we got Alex uh, joining us here. Uh, welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, Alex. We're, we're just discussing uh, spring training. Uh, to start off nice. the show tonight. Hope everyone's doing great. Thanks for uh, letting me join and see it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I talk to build on your point. I always, I I think I'll, until I check out, I think I'm always going to be, mis- I'm always going to stick with the old names just by default. I'm always like Cleveland Indians. Thank you. Like whatever you name, Guardians or Commanders, I still can't. I don't no. think I've ever been able to say that without correcting myself. It's always Redskins. Oh, sorry, Commanders. <laughs> it's like, Got right. Yeah, and the thing is, we don't look at like when we say it, we say it as sports fans. We don't look at it like, oh, you know, Cleveland Indians is uh, is you know disparaging against the against the Native Americans that that own the yeah. that once owned this land. Yada yada yada. Yes, we're here. We're, we're here looking at sports teams. When people right. go to watch a sports team, they don't give a fuck about what the name is or what no. its heritage is, uh, you know. Like, it's I, – I still – you know, people have people have their points about, about uh, you know, changing the name and whatnot with the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, but it, they'll always be the Cleveland Indians to me, just like Washington will always be the Washington yeah. Redskins. Yeah, and both are really proud franchises. I think I don't know. They're both really proud. It's, for whatever reason, I think Cleveland even more so. I think their fans were like really upset about the name change. I think the Skins fans definitely were too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just remember like the Guardians. It's just so they both don't really sound good. I think the the Indians one is just even worse. If that, if that makes sense, it's just like a 
Oh, the Indians. The, the, the yeah, Indians, the Indians were, more, were even worse. Well, I think worldwide, worldwide yeah. right? So I think like marketing and right. like legions, like the sheer quantity of fans all over the globe. I don't know. I mean, they're both proud, really good. I mean, think, back in the day, the Redskins were world champions a few times. They had a, some great teams. Um, but yeah, the Indians is just like synonymous with Cleveland. That logo, uh, it's been in obviously with Charlie Sheen. It's been in uh, what Major League, the movies. Um, oh yeah, right. It was yeah. really just weird. It's just totally like random. It's just like a. It just really kills a lot of the pizzazz and a lot of the flavor. Like they had a lot of uh, historical, you know, a lot of buildup. There's a that was a really proud franchise with that name, and I think a lot of the fans and even. I think you guys read that too. That there were groups that spoke out like we yeah. were not offended. <laughs> like, why right. are you doing this? It's a little bit too, too much. And I definitely lean more one way or the other. I want to make sure everyone's not misrepresented, but I want an all-inclusive world. But uh, it's almost like the, those those human those groups of people uh, were not offended. So I don't think it really was about that. Like the whole shop, the Tomahawk shop, phrase stand. If they're Native Americans or of different colors in Atlanta, they don't care. They're going to keep doing that 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 shop. And why aren't the Braves? Why isn't that a different name? Oh. It's, it's kind of, you right. know. And, and know. Another, really thing too, Kansas City, another thing, too, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, you see the, the Chiefs, exactly. they bang on that drum. Yeah. They bang on that drum before every game. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like you take away, if you take away the name of the Chiefs, and you name them something else. It's like, okay, well, we can't have this drum anymore. You know, we can't we can't do the usual. It, it's sort of like didn't, didn't uh, in Cleveland didn't didn't they have the drum as well uh, at Jacobs Field? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Up, up in the top, um, up in the top like, right. section of like that nosebleed, there was a guy who wore the whole regalia. The uh, I don't want to butcher it or be disrespectful. I mean, the garb. The the hair the, yeah. the attire like the part of the top part of I don't want to sound stupid but you know what I mean part of the whole ensemble like from what they wear and oh yeah all decked out to the nines in full full uniform yeah banging on the drum and they I think they still do and it's it's now we're talking about that yeah. why haven't yeah why haven't the Braves or like you said the Chiefs I mean love them or hate them right now they're like the best one of the best things going in all of sports there's been no talk of changing their name <laughs> so. Like, no. It's just random that the, the commanders and the guardians <laughs> happens to. Well, you know, I think the thing. I think the thing is with the Indians was that they looked at uh, they looked at at all the at all the uh, all the noise that was being made for the yeah. commanders uh, name change uh, from the Redskins. You know, they looked yeah, at all sure. the backlash that the Redskins name was getting. And I think what they did was they looked at the Cleveland Indians name and they wanted to basically get ahead of the curve, basically, so that, you know, they don't, they avoid getting any negative press from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The first uh, team or two that switched, there was such a backlash about it not being necessary that, like, the teams that still have those kind of logos and mascots, they're like, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not getting, we're not pissing off our fan base. Right. Yeah, the Chiefs will never change that name. The Braves, another heck of a franchise, they're not, they're not changing that that name anytime soon either. 
Right. Now uh, we do have some we do have some other uh, some other finals just uh, just to wrap up the uh, the finals uh, for for games uh, around spring training uh, today. Uh, Chicago Cubs eight to four over the Giants. Kansas City five to four over Texas. Uh, Chicago the White Sox eight to seven over Seattle. Uh, Colorado drops the second game of the – oh, they did a split series. That's what they did. Yeah. Uh, they dropped the second game of the split series, 6-2 to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers and the L.A. Angels tied at seven. So, basically, spring training is the one time that you can actually have a tie in baseball after nine innings. Uh, and Milwaukee – with a 11 to 7 win over San Diego and well I mean I know we I know we said before that spring training results don't matter but man San Diego you know you you talk about all the money that they've spent and you know how their prospect base was at one point one of the top bases in all of major league baseball and They've dropped their first three games of the of the uh, of spring training here. Yeah, they're they, they've undergone a facelift. No more Soto, uh, a couple other guys. You know what they've done though? They're they're starting over. They have, they do, they actually do have a really good farm system. And I I mean we've 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 talked about it for over a year now on the show. But it was such an overrated kind of diva, like lazy you know, yeah. malcontent team, like a fantasy team, but in the real life, it just doesn't work. All those big names on the back of their baseball cards, they weren't winning games. I mean, Machado, no. Tatis, you know, cocky, flamboyant, and then not really, maybe not hustling, not getting along yeah. with each other, not work, not working hard, not listening to the manager. So it's like they might, I think long-term they're going to be better because they weren't going anywhere with all those high-priced divas. And you saw Bogarts move to second. They're doing a lot of things differently this year. They they added more pitching through the Soto deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, they'll probably be a last place team at least for one year as they kind of rebuild. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't say last place. But you got the Rockies. Yeah, you got the Rockies. But they'll be 500 maybe if they're lucky. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be – I mean, you're still going to have the teams that still suck, like Kansas City. Uh, I would even put Boston below them, actually. That's, you know, that's how that's how bad Boston's lackluster, uh, nothing of an offseason went. Uh, you know, I would put Boston below them, Colorado below them. Uh, you know, I would say – well, obviously, Oakland below them. I would, I would say more. Um, I would say more just in their division. We'll say they have the Rockies. There. Oh, in, in I the said, division, just, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But well, hey, in the sometimes, division, sometimes losing, sometimes losing a big name like a Soto, sometimes for whatever reason, the baseball gods sometimes luck breaks, and sometimes it sometimes a, a team can get better when they lose a real high priced diva. Because they knew he didn't want to be there. And look, I mean, he had 30-plus home runs. He's always going to have power, but the guy wasn't really clutch. He hit, what, like 240? Uh, they still have Tatis, yeah. Machado. Kim is a great player, the, the shortstop. Um, they still have plenty of offense, Cronenworth. I mean, maybe maybe they didn't, you know, I don't know. 
they have so many different players in and out of the lineup. Maybe maybe they're just as good this year, and Tatis will be healthy finally. Oh yeah, and also you know also another thing too is they moved over they moved Bogarts over, uh, yeah, in order to uh, in order to put Kim at shortstop. So and Kim's like Kim's awesome. He's like twenty six years old. He's he had like an all star campaign almost. Yes, yeah, so now they're kind of yes yeah, Bogarts. You're gonna learn a new position. Now they're not letting the older big ticket veterans run the run the team anymore. They're doing it their way. So maybe it pays off for them. You know, I almost have to wonder. I almost yeah. have to wonder, and I, I want to get I want to get uh, both of your thoughts on this. Uh, Y'all, you, you almost have to wonder if Xander Bogart may may become uh, one of those uh, if he may become one of those trade deadline targets for uh, for some yeah. sort of a deal. Consider when you consider where San Diego is. And how you know they're probably not going to be, you know, anywhere close to uh, to contending this year. You got to wonder if yeah, maybe perhaps Bogarts might be one of those guys that potentially gets moved, despite his contract. Yeah, might he might he just might move? I think so. Yeah, I mean we saw Soto move, and then I think they want it. They would they wouldn't lose any sleep once they get rid of. Uh, the huge diva who doesn't like to run the first base, Manny Machado. Yeah. They wouldn't mind getting rid of that, you know, paying him however many do- million dollars a week that they pay him in that contract. That's, that's terrible. And then, yeah, I think Bogarts is next on the chopping block. Probably keep Tatis because he's the youngest out of the whole big name crew, but they have guys like Kim. Right. Their best prospect by far is the shortstop, Jackson Merrill. So he's going to come up. So he might be – you have a new middle infield combo up the middle with Kim and Merrill. And they just they remember they and they signed three shortstops in a row. They had Tatis, Machado, and Bogarts. Those guys are all none of them are playing shortstop now. So they're figuring out, you know what, maybe we shouldn't spend, you know, five billion dollars on three shortstops. Maybe we should build through our farm system. So it's like they're they're doing a hard reset. They're they're doing things different now. Um Yeah, and they have oh, and they have the best catching prospect. You guys read about him, Salas, seventeen years old. He hit like 330 in the minors, and he's a 17-year-old. He's going to oh, be up, damn. you know, maybe in – Yeah. Dude, you got to read this guy, S-A-L-A-S, Ethan Salas. Yeah, S-A-L-A-S. He set, yeah, he hit 300 in the minors. He was the youngest player in, in their minor affiliate by like four years or three years or something. Just absurd. So he's coming up, and they have an awesome uh, shortstop prospect. They got some good guys back in the Soto deal, apparently. Oh, that's why. Um, that's why. It's because he's from yeah. Venezuela. He's one of those. He's one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, right. Uh, what's it called? He, he's one of those um, uh, international free agents. Yeah, this guy's apparently like the next. You know, he's like that international Adley Rushman. He'll be up. They're doing the right thing. They're getting younger. I mean, that team was not going to beat the Dodgers, and their payroll was like more than the Dodgers. It was absurd. So it's like build organically, build with the farm. That's their only hope. Well, you know, it's, it says he's in camp. So, I mean, there, there's no way that a 17-year-old could potentially make the opening day roster, is there? <laughs> that would be awesome. I don't know. I don't know. It could, I mean, stranger things have happened. Is it likely? No. But he's 17 years old. If he's 
No, I would think, especially catcher too, because you have to be, you know what I mean? That's a position you, you don't normally rush. That's, he's, he's handling the whole pitching staff for 162 games. I mean, maybe two years, maybe when he's 19. I don't know when Rushman came up, I think, when the Orioles catcher came up. Mm. He was like the other franchise catcher recently who's been like a mega, I mean, mega just, prospect. Just wow, being promoted to double A at the age of 17. Wow. Amazing. Uh, he kind so, of yeah. struggled though last year, 179. Oh, okay. He got it 179 at double A. <laughs> Granted, only nine I games, but. I didn't tell the whole story. <laughs> I didn't know it, but I didn't tell it, yeah. But, I mean, I know hey, he's at, still, at like... Single a, though, at single A, though, he batted 267, nine homers, 35 RBIs for a catcher. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's oh. worth noting it was only nine games at double A. So, I mean, gotcha. maybe I perhaps met, with, an extra, with an extra year of experience. Yeah. But... They clearly think that I, – I would say, if anything, maybe he'll start off the year at, at a higher A, which means A-plus. So he'd probably right. play for Fort Wayne, yeah. I would assume. And then maybe maybe uh, if he starts off the year strong, he'll get promoted back up to A to the San Antonio Mission. Um, but, I, you know, I, I still kind of think – I mean, obviously, you know – Going and coming coming into camp, or being invited to camp at the age of seventeen is that's, you know that's unbelievable enough. Crazy. But and now I, I, don't know uh, I, that. I don't know where I was reading that guys. I'm sorry for misspeaking. I, I was under the impression he was hitting like three something. I don't know if that was over if that was in the Dominican. I'm looking that it up might again. Have been right in now. The I, I, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was reading because I do a couple of fantasy. I do a big fantasy baseball dynasty where you, our, each of our teams in the league, you have like eighteen minor right. leaguers too. You draft you draft minors and majors. It's, it's it's awesome. And he's like the talk of the upcoming draft. And I was I looked him up the other night. I'm like seventeen. Jeez, this guy's like the prodigy. But he's got a hit. Uh, you know, good enough. He'll be twenty, twenty-one, right. twenty-two. He better start hitting three hundred or two seventy. I mean, uh, you know, it. At the same time, it's kind of expected if you're if you're coming in at the age of uh, at the age of seventeen. I mean, you can't really expect, you know, a seventeen year old. He hasn't even reached his prime when it comes to growing yet. Oh, yeah. So you know, he hasn't fully gained that muscle that he's gonna not just the muscle, but also the hand eye coordination. I mean, you know, playing. Playing international baseball is one thing, but you know it's another thing when you actually graduate to the when you graduate to the professional levels, like whether it's yeah. single A, double A, or or the majors. So yeah, I, I think it's harder guys to develop mental wise real quick. I mean, yeah, just on this topic, like because baseball, you right. know what I mean? It's the hardest. If you hit, if you are successful thirty percent of the time, hit three hundred. You're an all-star, maybe a Hall of Famer. Only 30% of the time being successful. I mean, I just and moving up to different levels, I think it's a lot harder to make it to the show. So to be 17 already in camp is amazing. Yeah. I think compared to other sports, it's a little bit more impressive. Yeah. 
Another thing I uh, one thing I wonder yes. though, Alex, is it, uh, are they rushing him? I think they are. That's one thing yeah, I'm one wondering is if they're rushing him, yeah. because normally you don't see unless it's unless it's a prized prospect like like for example Marcelo Meyer or somebody you don't normally see single A prospects get invited to uh, to spring training. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of those sports you guys have seen it. I don't, I'm not educating you guys, but we've all seen it. Like if you rush someone too much, you can just crush them mentally. Um, right. NBA, it's like you bury him on the bench for every Tracy McGrady or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. There's a hundred guys who are out of the league after two years. You know what I mean? When when they were going straight from high school, it was it was terrible. There were so many guys that just yeah. you know were not ready to play. And then when you're up in the big leagues, if you're a backup in baseball or basketball, if you're not getting the playing time, this is before the G League. All those guys in the NBA wouldn't be wouldn't be playing every night, and then they just never developed. So it's like, right, right. If he's not ready. You're right. If he's not ready, he should be like single A or double A, just playing, you know, five or six games a week at least. Yeah, you don't want to rush him. You, you could you could destroy his his, his, his psyche if he's. You know, if he bats 160, it could really deflate him for his whole career. You want to want to give him some time, right? So I, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously, it's it's still it's still obviously to be determined. You know, who knows? I I believe he probably got the invite because he made Double A last year. So even though he only played nine games, it was probably towards the end of the season that he played it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's probably why he got invited to begin with was because mm-hmm. of the fact that he was on the double-A roster. Uh, I just think, though, that, I mean, you you can even look at Marcelo Meyer, you know, somebody who has the skills, you know, who has the talent that he has, how he was, you know, he was drafted so high, and yet – because because of how young he is, you know he's yet to even make it to AAA. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough road to the show. You guys know that. I mean, there's there's so much competition. <laughs> the pitching gets better. Pitching and pitching gets right. so much better at each level. You know, you, you right. see these guys that are crushing it at Double A, and then they're strike out three times. You know, when they're up in the big leagues, and then they get sent back down, or they're out of options. It's tough to it's tough to time it up where the guy's ready. You know, you don't want to rush these guys. The Red Sox are sitting on a lot of prospects. You know that, Steve. Better than I do. Oh, yeah. You and Jim oh, know do that. I, do I ever. You, you and Jim know that a lot better than me and, Steve, me, and, me and Lou and the rest of us. But you don't want to rush these guys either. If they're not ready, they're not ready. No. Uh-oh. Right. I look at all I think Bobby Dahlbeck's a great example. If you're going to shift over to the Red Sox, like maybe that, you know what I mean? He's going to be a huge home run hitter and then, you know, if he's striking out 200 times a year, it's just debilitating. It's going to make, make him not believe in himself. Could he have Could he have gotten a lot well, better one more year in the minors? If he waited a year, maybe no. he came up more confident. I don't know if that's a good example, but fair, we've seen a lot of different examples. To be fair, Bobby Dalbeck was ready when they called him up. Okay. okay. He's one of those cases. He's one of those cases where – 
where a player is ready, but by the time he gets called up, it, it, he's like one of those one of those examples of like a disaster that happens basically where a player just randomly loses his confidence uh, after because if, if I remember correctly I believe he went on a little hot streak uh, yeah. his first his first month or so in the majors and then once teams start to start to get film on you, you know, once they, once they start to study uh, your yeah. tendencies and whatnot, you know, they know how to better attack you. And that's basically what happened with Bobby Dalvik, essentially, is he's become one of those guys that has essentially flamed out once hitting the, uh, the major league level. Sure. Lou, you remember Kevin Moss? He was just, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I did. Oh, man. I mean, that guy, I remember he came up for the Yankees. Steve, you're probably a little bit younger. I don't know if you do, but me and Lou got a couple of years further back, and that guy came up and hit, like, 20 bombs for the Yankees in, like, two months. Yeah. And then I swear to God, for the next two or three years, they were like, Kevin, are you okay? Like, did something yeah, happen to you? He, 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 so he came back at he was so good, and then he literally was hit like 150, and they and he washed out of baseball by like the age of 26. Never came back anywhere. He just started like striking out and could never hit home runs again. Dahlbeck reminded me a little bit of that. Dahlbeck was hitting bombs for a little bit, and then just totally plummeted. Like you said, they kind of figured him out. They really did. Yeah, it it, just, it reminds me a little bit of. Uh, of Lars Anderson, or was it was it Lars Anderson? I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, he was once considered to be a very prized Red Sox prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe it was I believe it was shortly after the 2004 season when they broke the curse. Uh, you know, uh, th- yeah. this guy was 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 considered the number one prospect in the Red Sox organization. You know, everybody was wondering, well, when's he going to get the call-up? When's he going to get the call-up? And, you know, he's he, he got a call-up. He, he got a call-up during, uh, during the September call-ups. And he was just so bad that he never he never recovered. Wow. I just and, pulled him up on know, Google right now. Yeah. Three years and just washed out. They traded him to the Indians for minor leaguer. And yeah, he's, yeah, it, highly, it's highly, highly yeah. He, he, it's like one of those type of uh, one of those type of deals. Now the difference here, though, is that uh, you know Bobby Dalbick, Dalbick actually showed a little bit of promise when he was called up. You know, I, I would almost say maybe a good representation for Dalbick would be Daniel Nava who uh, came up in Boston I believe it was 2013 during during that uh, during that year that they won the World Series uh, Daniel Nava you know he was around Boston for like maybe a year year and a half uh, and you know he bounced around a couple of other teams after that but for the most part 
he never really had any staying power. Yes, it's another good example. I remember Nava, N-A-V-A, yep. And he had a big yeah. bat. They were talking big things about him, and he showed some promise, and then boom, just fizzled out. Yeah, I just, I, what do I know? But, I mean, just we've seen his examples. A lot of it's mental. When you start striking out, like you said, when they sit, you get the book out on you, when they study you and learn, uh, you know, holes in your swing, you know, weaknesses in your game, whatever you want to call it. Baseball is very, you know, I think a lot of it's mental. It's harder to figure someone out in football right. or basketball, put it that way. But if a pitcher figures out a batter in baseball, it's, it could be the end of that baseball batter's career. It doesn't happen as often in, in hockey or football or basketball, I don't think. In baseball, you right. know, and the confidence, you know what I mean? The confidence can go quickly. You start piling up those strikes. Right. You know, you feel like you're swinging a toothpick up there. You, you, when your confidence goes, you're just – then you're a 170 hitter, and then there's so many players ready to come up from the minors. You might not get another shot. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry Diane, it took me so long to uh, – sorry that it took me so long to add you, Diane. I've been having problems with the uh, – I've been having problems with the switchboard uh, today. So, uh, yeah. I, di- I did officially get you on now, though. Okay, good. Yes, um, exactly what are we talking about? <laughs> Well, we've we've basically been discussing uh one of the one of the prospects that uh that San Diego well we were talking about the originally it was the downfall of the San Diego Padres about how, you know, they had spent all this money on players and then now it now all of a sudden the team is basically taking a step back and they're trying to focus more on uh, on a youth movement so to speak and one of the one of the players in particular that they've uh, brought up is, or that they've invited to spring training is a 17 year old uh a 17 year old uh Venezuelan player a Venezuelan catcher actually so uh you know we were talking about how you know why why exactly you know he's getting he's getting this opportunity at this point in his life or at this point in his career when literally you know no, normally you don't see 17 year olds get uh get invitation 17 year old prospects get invitations to spring training yeah. and yeah, then that brought up basically first. a discussion yeah yeah Seventeen well, is too young. Yeah, but he's a phenom. Let the person yeah, develop. Yeah, but but Diane, like like Lou just said, he's a phenom though. He's one of those he's one of those young players that uh, you know that is like they're too good to because I mean he hit two sixty seven last year in single A, mm-hmm. and they ended up calling him up. Uh, by the end of the season, they ended up calling him up to double A. And basically at that point where if you, if you reach the double A level, you're basically going to get an invitation to spring training the next year. Okay. So, yeah. so I mean, talking with the Padres if they're so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let, let's just put let's just put it this way. You know, obviously there's so many players above him on the depth chart, and 
I mean, he's a seventeen. He's a seventeen-year-old. You know, you're not unless he shows significant uh, significant improvement, and you know, getting the chance to 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 hit against uh, against major league pitching. You know, unless he shows significant improvement, this is basically more of a you know more 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 of a way for. It's it's more of a way for him to basically get experience. Yes. Yeah, and learn. Oh, okay. He's in the dugout. He's training. He's stretching. He's talking. He's watching film with Tatis and Machado and these big leaguers. You know, it's a great way to bring a very young person into a, you know, mature professional environment and give them, you know, that that mental experience. So they know, you know, how to to act like a professional. Uh, yeah, and MLB.com is the number. I'm just looking at the list, top 100 uh, prospects. MLB.com, he's number eight out of 100. Mm-hmm. And he's everyone else mm-hmm. on the list is uh, 20 years old or above. So he's three years mm-hmm. younger than that, most of that list. They're saying mm-hmm. that Wait, early, really? He, uh, he, he's, he's number eight. Number eight. Oh, Churio, the guy we talked about like a month ago. Churio, the, the Milwaukee Brewer guy, the center fielder, is number two. He's 19. And he, it looks like he's the opening day center fielder for Milwaukee. He's number two. Jackson Holiday Orioles, uh, Matt Holiday's son. He's number one. Um, but yeah, he's. But I mean, he's the only, the the, the only the second youngest guy in the list wow. near the top is is the Brewers guy. Yeah. They're saying the catcher, the San Diego guy, he should arrive by next next season, not this season. So it's yeah, by twenty five years old, starting catcher at eighteen. That's pretty crazy. Jeez. Yeah. He's already 6'2". And he, like you said, he's still growing. He's 185. He could be a, he could be a ball out bigger in a, a couple of years. I mean, he'd be a junior in high school. I actually come to think of it. Sorry. A junior or senior in high school. Wow. Let's see. They got Marcelo Meyer at number 15. They got Roman Anthony at 24. They got Kyle Peel. They got Kyle Peel at 40. They got, where is Rafaela? Rafaela at 76. Although Rafaela is already in the majors, so. Dr. Well represented on the list. There's always going to be guys that are on the list that will be all stars. It's just like any draft, but I mean, this is, I always love this MLB list. It's great. And it updates like every couple of days. People move up and down. It's pretty cool. Great source wow. for us. Uh, I mean, I, 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 that, that's amazing to be, to be among 20 plus year olds and be the only, be the only one at seven, uh, be the only one below 19 on that, on that uh, portion of the list. Yes, I just think it's going to be crazy if he if he starts a catcher. That's the most I guess probably the most mentally demanding. Where you have to be, you know, you're ha- you're a coach out there. You're telling the pitchers what pitch to throw. You know what I mean? It's like it's like more uh, almost as important as a quarterback. You know, well, you're pretty much leading the team as a catcher. You're controlling the defense and the and the pitching. If he so if he's a starting catcher at 18, that would be amazing. I mean, you have to be yeah. really mature about uh, that guy. <laughs> I think that would probably be what the, 
That would probably captain. be what the fastest the fastest rise that we've seen uh, for a player. Yeah, definitely for a catcher. Yeah. I, well, I mean, who who else? Yeah, there's not a lot of LeBrons or Kobe's in baseball. I mean, what what was Trap? Maybe twenty. It'll be interesting to look back. Yeah, at those, I think. Those yeah, I think he might Wander have been Franco 20. was like. I think Wander Franco was 20, and they gave him like 180 million, and then he did what he did. <laughs> it's very rare in baseball. The yeah. really, really yeah. young guys coming up. Because again, you don't want to rush them too much, and then they get, you know, they start well. striking out, and then they're the same. But if he's ready, man, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome to see an 18 year old next year. You know, matter of fact, I got, uh, you know, I was looking at the uh, at the MLB draft. Uh, which will be coming up sometime this year. Uh, they say that Boston, they have them taking, uh, at number 12, they have them taking, I think his name is Hagen Smith from Arkansas. Yeah. The kid just the kid just had, I, I believe it was, uh, it was just the other night, I think, where he had, Jim posted it in Sports Whispers, where he had like seven strikeouts. Where wow. he had like he had like seventeen strikeouts facing eighteen hitters, or something <laughs> like that. Wow, dude! If the Sox got him, that, that Jim would love that. A of Razorback. But, I mean, you guys imagine getting a a true ace coming in. That'd be huge for you guys. Well, I, I, I'll tell you one thing: the uh, <coughs> uh, Craig Breslow, it sounds like he's been given uh, – he, he's basically been given an order to help restock the pitching prospects. And I would think that Hagen Smith probably has to be up on that list. If Especially uh, if he's going to be available potentially at number 12. I would hope that he's uh, that he that he's the person that they go with. But it says depending on on how well he does, uh, how how well he does in the spring, he may not even last until twelve. He may go before then potentially. But you know, me being uh, me being. Uh, True to my Red Sox, I'm hoping, I'm praying yeah. that somehow he's available. <laughs> but yeah, he's ranked fifteenth on the uh, on MLB.com, right next to the top 100 list. I just clicked on the yeah. draft. Um, he's fifteen, six three lefty. Yeah, he looks awesome. Some good prospects there. Yeah. Uh, let's see some other some other bits of news from around the league. Uh, the Boston. Oh, Speaking of Boston, here comes my uh, weekly Boston bashing party. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, they decided instead of signing somebody uh, who can pitch this year, instead they decided, you know what, fuck it. We're going to pull another James Paxton. We're going to sign a guy coming uh, off, of John, uh, off of Tommy John surgery, an old one, might I add. Uh, sign him to a two-year deal that guarantees him $10 million and can earn him as much as $20 million through incentives. Oh, and there's also a mutual option for 2026 as well. So basically it's almost a three-year deal. 
so they deal they deal John Schreiber to the Royals, and then they acquire, and then they sign Liam Hendricks, formerly the closer of uh, of the White Sox, who won the Comeback Player of the Year award in 2023, and he just had Tommy John surgery. And chances are he's probably not going to be back until after the trade deadline this year, if he even comes back. In my opinion, I don't think he will even be back. I think they'll I think they'll just shut him down for the entire year and have him pitch next year. Uh, but in my opinion, this is this is John, another example of John Henry basically saying basically sticking a middle finger to the fans saying, there, we signed somebody. Now, will you guys please shut the fuck up already? (laughs) He can't can't just throw a wiffle ball five feet. His arm is destroyed for the next year. But, hey, look, we signed someone. Yeah, that's basically all I get from it is that, is that, hey, you know, okay, you guys bitched about how we aren't signing people. Well, guess what? We signed somebody. Now, will you please shut the fuck up? That's He's basically what body. John Henry is saying but right now. Happen. He's a really nice guy. He's not going to be able to perform or shoot up or play on the diamond. But, well, he, by by definition, we did sign someone. <laughs> hey, come on, really? doesn't really count for now. You guys want more from immediate re- How about some immediate results here? It's only the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, you go and right. bargain yeah, you're only Yeah, you're only <laughs> the Boston Red Sox, after all. <laughs> yeah. I know you're playing in Nebraska, how, small market. Jesus. However, though, uh, apparently they are still apparently they are still in on Jordan Montgomery, but they're waiting for the price to come down, as is every other fucking team in the league. Because uh, apparently Jordan yeah. Montgomery's price is uh, is. Uh, how should we say it? it's as about as high as Mount Everest? Okay, I can. We're talking. Everest. We're we're talking astronomical asking price. Apparently, I don't know what I don't know exactly what his asking price is, but apparently, uh, multiple teams have scoffed at it this off season. So um, that's like uh, that's like Bellinger. What, I don't is Montgomery with the demonic uh, Scott Boris too. Where it's like impossible to sign his people. He wants like eight hundred million for. Uh, <laughs> That's actually, Alonzo's doing uh, that. Because I know, I know, Blake, I know Blake Snell is. I know Blake yeah, Snell is. is. Let me see. Bellinger yeah, and Snell. Dolly's with him too. I'm sorry, Bellinger hit like one eighty two years in a row, and then had a big year last. Ah, uh, yeah, year. but it's like Scott Boris. It is. Yeah, Scott ridiculous. Forrest. He's representing the big, the big guys that are still in front, all of them. Snell, Dollinger, yeah. and this guy. Well, I did hear, I did hear though that Snell, uh, Snell does have a contract offer uh, from the Yankees. So, um, I mean, hell, that'll be the nail in the coffin if uh, if the Yankees uh, officially sign him. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know. While they're at while they're at it, why don't they go out and sign Jordan Montgomery too? You know, just put put the stake right into the heart of all Red Sox fans. Uh, a pleasure to ever have any chance of ever getting back into the divisional race at all for the next five years. It's crazy. But, yeah. Well, what they're doing. 
I don't know how to explain right. it. But we know what they're doing. They're just absolutely refusing to spend money. Yeah. And what I find funny no, is please. they're trying to throw it back on they're, – they're trying – management is trying to throw it back on uh, on Breslow by saying, well, we haven't given Breslow a limit that he, that he has to spe- that, that he can spend. <laughs> Making him look like a bad guy. Yeah. They're trying to turn – they're trying to put it all on Breslow when really, let's be real <laughs> – Breslow isn't the one that yeah. has the money. John Henry is the one that has the money. <laughs> Breslow just got there. He's going, Jesus, guys, already? I'm the fall guy a couple, a couple months into the gig? Yeah. He's yeah. Here's your title, but you really can't spend money. But, but we want you to rebuild us. Just don't spend anything. Right. I mean, I mean it's ridiculous. It's uh, – it, 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 uh, these are ba- we'll put it this way we're, we're I don't know what's worse this or the Bobby Valentine year that Boston had oh, with that's Bobby that's Valentine that was the biggest debacle <laughs> he was yelling at players insulting no Big Poppy insulting Big Poppy and just getting booed and that was such a shit show Bobby V the Bobby V effect. I don't know. Chicken and chicken and beer is up there too. So um, yeah, he's. I've met him a couple of times. He's a big, huge Connecticut guy. He ran for the mayor of Stanford. He's like the best Connecticut athlete ever. He was, uh, you know, top pick of the Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda's guy, way back. But yeah, and he has like the most. It was the restaurant where I'd go to for all my birthdays with my dad. Bobby V's restaurant, Bobby Valentine's. Nicest guy in person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just he he made a mockery of himself when he was on the Red Sox. Staff. And you know, putting the disguise on in the Mets dugout. He's quite the character. Uh, bad news for New York Mets fans to start off the year. Uh, Ace Kodai Senga has officially been diagnosed with a posterior a posterior capsule strain in his right shoulder, and he will open the season on on the injured list. Uh, he is officially out indefinitely. And you know what that means? That also means that he's going to, whenever he does come back, he's going to also have an extended spring training, which means that Mm -hmm. his absence will be out even longer than what it would normally be. They're de facto eighth. Yeah, minus DeGrom and uh, Max and Verlander. Sango was the last guy standing. They're number one. And he's 31 years old. <laughs> They're eight off Quintana. They're eight is Jose Quintana now on opening day. Already, let's go, yeah. Matt. And he's thirty-one, and he's 31 years old. Thirty-one years old, and he's in the second year of a five-year, seventy-five million dollar deal. Uh-huh. Awesome pitcher, but yeah, this is this is definitely not the way you want to start the season. Far and away, their best arm. No, I mean, he was a pretty good pitcher uh, last year, too. You know, 2.98 ERA last year. Uh, He made the all-star team, and he finished second in rookie of the year. And also, he even landed seventh on Cy Young voting for the National League. He's terrific. I don't know if you got um, too much of him, but, yeah, he had, had, like, a pretty good start. And then, I mean, the second half of the year, he was, like, sensational. Near the top of the league, really. Doesn't he have like yeah, a doesn't he have like a ghost doesn't he have like a ghost pitch? It's like a fork ball or something. 
Yeah, he has a ghost ball. Or am I thinking of another? Or am I thinking of another Japanese pitcher? That's him. He's got the ghost sport. And with all there, it was like you know Beverly Hill, you know Melrose Place. It's all drama with Scherzer and Verlander as the Mets were collapsing. People kind of weren't really paying attention to how good he was. He really is a good pitcher. You know, it's funny that, that this injury gets brought up when yet you still have starters like Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, even Michael Lorenzen. I'm surprised Michael Lorenzen hasn't been picked up yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, wow, so Philly did not re-sign him. Nice, that, is actually, that is actually a pretty big surprise that Philly didn't re-sign him after they acquired him from Detroit last year. Though, I mean, he did have a pretty bad ERA with Philly uh, in 11 games of 5.51 ERA. So That's pretty bad. Uh, that's that's pretty bad for a starter through 11 starts. Uh, yeah. But still, you know, I, I am kind of surprised, though, that uh, he's that he's actually still on the market, uh, as well as Mike Clevenger. But let's be honest, who wants a wife beater on their team anyways? Um, yeah, but I mean, Steve, oh wait the, a minute! The, the, on a lesser scale, though, just being a, and I'm always really like being a Mets fan the, the, and listening to sports radio in the New York area where it's a lot of Mets uh-huh. and talk. I mean, the Mets, the Mets are kind of pulling a Red Sox lately. They brought in Stearns, the small market GM from Milwaukee, David Stearns. They're after after yeah. big money, yeah. uh, big talker investment, big schmoozer uh, Steve Cohen. After he spent, you know, eighty billion on Scherzer and Verlander, and it all blew up. Now the Mets aren't spending any money, so they're literally not even talking about bringing in another arm, and they have no, they have no starting pitcher now. Their ace just went down. Mm. So, and and who's the free agent coming up? Pete Alonso, still unsigned. So it's like yeah. Jesus. They're kind of pulling Boston and the, the Mets are kind of doing the same dance now together. They're not spending money. Well, you know what's funny, though? You know what's funny, though, is uh, you remember when they dealt both Scherzer and Verlander that they told Scherzer that they wouldn't be contending this year, but it sounded like they would be contending the year after. But even now, I mean, yeah, obviously they're not going to contend this year, but it doesn't even look like they'll even be in contention next year, the way that things are going right now. They do have a really good farm system from those two those two guys getting moved. But, yeah, they're at least a year away. But maybe they're planning to literally not spend money this year and then really go back and go crazy with the free agency like they did last year with Max and, you know, Verlander. Who knows? But, yeah, they're not spending any money. I mean, they just lost their only really good starting pitcher. And then there's crickets. There's no one. They're not talking about bringing in anyone. You just added Lorenzo's good. Like, that would be perfect. Yanks are the Yanks just they've added Stroman, Soto. They're they're trying to add Snell too. They're back in their spending mood. All right, going over to the NFL, we do have a couple of stories here. First off, how the mighty have fallen. A guy who was once considered to be an offensive guru because of uh what he was able to do with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes even though right now we're probably kind of figuring maybe it's just Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's not him. Uh, yeah. Eric Bieniemi, 
apparently is no longer good enough to be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Instead, he will now be the new yeah. offensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins. Yeah. Saw that. Talk about a false Kind day. of interesting that he that he washes that he you know, for a guy who's been considered to be a candidate for an NFL head coaching job, now all of a sudden he can't even find himself an offensive coordinator job in the NFL. Yep. Well, if they, if they didn't after what, talk, after like what happened well. in Washington, you know? He couldn't get a head coaching gig, but then not only did he leave on his own volition, he left KC on his own, by his own, you know, decision. And where does he go? Right. To the commanders. You go to the commanders, you're, you're going to have dog shit results. So then he kind of looks bad coaching there. And now he's like, now he's out of the league. <laughs> Come on, the enemy. He was going to be the next big coach, I thought. They kept saying no one hired yeah. him to be a head coach, and now here he is. But you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, now. Obviously, this is this is nowhere near the type of uh, comparison. But you know how everybody says, right. was, it, "Was it was it Brady or was it Belichick?" You know, the, uh, during Kansas City, you know, now it's going to be like, "Well, was it Patrick Mahomes or was it uh, or was it being the Emmy?" That they were so successful. Yeah. Was that who was the reason why they were so successful? Now it's looking like it was Patrick Mahomes when being the yeah, isn't course, even and, in the league anymore. Yeah, yeah, and Andy Reid's really probably the one calling the shots offensively too with with Mahomes too. So even when Obiemi was the coordinator, you know Andy Reid was had his hands in a lot of the plays, his fingerprints all over a lot of right. the plays. So. You know, he might have, like you said, he might have just been a benefactor of Mahomes and Reed. Maybe Biennemi isn't that awesome overall. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if he gets back into the NFL eventually. Now, this one, though, is a bit of a shocker. Uh, it was reported yesterday that, according to Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network, the Miami Dolphins have informed cornerback Xavier Howard that he will be released at the start of the league year. And according to people, uh, or according to sources from ESPN's DJ BNAM, I, I don't know, I don't know how you actually, how you actually say it. Uh, yeah. the enemy. Uh, like the, like, it's like, it's like the enemy, but B, the enemy. Yeah. Right. Uh, just people he trusts have told People he trusts have told him Xavier Howard is interested in joining the Texans. Imagine if you add a cornerback like Howard to that secondary in Houston with, with what they're building. Oh, yeah, yeah, two shutdown corners. Derek Stingley, and uh, he was the number two overall pick two years ago. And then you add uh, Xavier Howard, he's two top five cornerbacks in the league. That'd be awesome. Talk about a team on the rise. I man. mean, just wow. <laughs> uh, if they if they bring in Howard, if they bring in Howard, yeah. Oh my God! You know, really, that's that's probably the only thing that they're missing, right? Is running back. Yeah, and then you get Tank Dell back next year, and CJ Stroud's a year older and better. Yeah, they're gonna they're just the Texans are just getting started up, and they're gonna be a force. AFC is just loaded, dude. 
And then you have Burroughs. Not just I that, mean, but. Yes. Yeah. 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 If he's yeah. loaded. And, you know, it's not just that, but Miami then decided, oh, we're not done yet. We're cutting, uh, we're cutting Emmanuel Ogba after signing him to a four-year, $65 million deal uh, in 2022 with an opt-out after this season. But, however, uh, oh, okay, with an opt-out for the team, so it wasn't an opt-out for the player, uh, an opt-out for the team, and Miami is choosing to exercise that opt-out because of the fact that he can be released without a dead cap hit. So this will save him, or this will save Miami – up to thirteen point seven million dollars in cap space with the with the release of Agba. Let me check actually what would the dead space oh my. So Howard, because he got cut before June first, it will result in a dead cap hit of over twenty one million dollars for the Miami Dolphins. Wow. Wow. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, you save a little bit of money, but that dead cap hit, that so dead old. cap hit hurts, uh, it, it hits even more. Yep. And their top Ooh. linebacker, Van Ginkle. Van Ginkle's a free agent. They lost their quarterback, Fangio, to the Eagles. I, I don't, Dolphins, I thought, have always been kind of fake because they can't, they can't really score when it's, like, not sunny out and not 60 degrees out. But I, I don't – I think that's the best we're going to see out of Miami personally. And Tyreek Hill's getting a little bit older too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think – they might take a step back next year. They're losing a lot well, of people. Well, it makes you wonder what they might do in the draft, where they might target. Yeah. They're, they're losing a lot of folks now. Like three or four really good defensive players and their, and their defensive coach. And I don't know. Yeah, may, it makes me wonder now if they're going to target primary if they're going to primarily target defense in the draft because considering that th- those are two big names that they're losing defensively here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of went all in and then they they just got crushed by injuries and then they got smoked in the playoffs and here we are. Also, looks like uh, looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they are talking with Baker Mayfield about a new contract. Uh, it appears here, um, according to the Tampa Bay Times, uh, they did note that nothing is imminent, but all signs point to the two sides figuring things out. Um, apparently, uh, you know, previous reports had said that both sides are motivated to get a deal done. Uh, which, I mean, ultimately, you know, a new contract would be a pretty big, uh, a pretty big step for Baker after, uh, after he basically revitalized his career this year uh, in that Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, I really hope he stays there. He, I mean, he, he really rejuvenated yeah. his career there. The fans loved him, and heck, they got in the playoffs, they smoked the Eagles. They had a great year. <laughs> He, I mean, really, he he made a big comeback. I know he wants to. He keeps saying he wants to stay there. And what What are your thoughts, uh, Lou, on uh, on Baker Mayfield potentially staying in uh, in Tampa? Hmm. Well, Baker never really impressed me that much. I mean, they can keep Blanchard. I, I mean, I would want him. Ugh. Keep him. I mean, great in college, but you know, he's 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 got a temper. 
and you know he's he's not the same person he was, you know, when he was in college. Well, you know, think, this I right think, here basically tells me that they feel they have no shot at Kirk Cousins. I know. Because <laughs> honestly, probably. Well, I like Baker. I mean, yeah, maybe. Baker was really good last year, I thought, and he's a heck of a lot younger than Kirk. And not yeah, injured, I thought he was. Like I Kirk. thought he was good last year. He's yeah, still young. Is on the back end of his career. He's not going. He's not going to do much more anyway. Yeah, and he's coming off another a big thing injury. worth note. Another thing worth noting, though, too. I thought that. Uh, I thought maybe. You know, they may decide to, uh, or that Baker may get some interest from New England. And the reason why I say that is because his former uh, offensive coordinator is now the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Alex Van Pelt uh, was the yeah. uh, was the offensive coordinator when Baker Mayfield first came into the league. Yeah, it could be good there. I, mean, I just really, oh, they, I, I'm going to be personally as even as an Eagles fan, I'm going to be like shocked if they don't. You know, number three, three or four, three or four, three or four really good rookie quarterbacks. Get a damn quarterback, New England. Don't mess that up. Right. Franchise, franchise quarterback is staring you in the face on draft day. Just pick a quarterback. Well, the only don't other, get cute. the only other thing I can think of, the only other thing I can think of is what they what they might end up doing instead is maybe perhaps they draft somebody like a uh, like a J.J. McCarthy or no not even a J because I don't think he'll make the second round um, yeah who am I thinking I think Penix um, might go second round now he's Penix in the draft the mock yeah, they're saying like, he's second round now you get more like, of maybe draft <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe draft like a like a Marvin Harrison and a Michael Penix uh, in the it. second round, while also signing a veteran quarterback to basically, you know, to allow Penix to uh, basically develop. Um, that's yeah. kind of the chatter that I've been hearing uh, when it comes to New England and what they may potentially do. But regardless, uh, it, it kind of sounds like. They're going to, t- you know, I, I think the uh, the talk about a about drafting a tackle in the first round has kind of died down a bit, which I mean, honestly, thank God because I don't know if I could. Uh, the only way I could take them trading back is if they somehow get a quarterback while trading back. Like, for example, yeah. if they were to trade back to get if like like we discussed with uh, with Jim. Uh, a couple, like either last week or the week before, if they were to if they, if they were to trade back, get Justin Fields, uh, mm-hmm. while also while while taking a tackle with the number nine pick, you know, that can be I good. would be fine with and that. And sign a receiver. Right, that's a good option. Or, I mean, yeah, not not necessarily sign a receiver. I mean, yeah, they could do that too. Uh, although it sounds like T. Higgins will be franchise tagged, so T. Higgins won't be one of those uh, won't be one of those possibilities. Um, yeah, I saw that. 
Actually, yeah, let that. me see. Pat's yeah, got a great opportunity, man. It says that the Bengals did already inform him that they will franchise tag him. So about $21.8 million is what he'll get this year. God, they got Burrow coming back. Bengals are going to be a fourth next year again, too. AFC, man. <laughs> so many good teams. Not at the Celtics. What was their offense like this year? Do you know? It wasn't very good. That's definitely still their weakness. Bengals. Well, but I mean, they, they, they really need, they need to upgrade then. Yeah. Oh, dude. Nick's Nick's kind of hanging around against the Celtics. Eleven point game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw that last. Uh, that last bit of. Uh, that last series of events between uh, Al Horford, Peyton Pritchard, and uh, a bunch of the Knicks players. But I don't know how Horford got that shot off, where it went. It went right yeah. off of the top <laughs> of the it. scoreboard. I don't yeah. know how the hell he got that to go off. Neither do I. Dude, I mean Knicks. Uh, no OG, no 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 Randall. They're they're playing hard, but I mean the Celtics are still good. Well, I mean, it's expected. You know, if you, you take a look at Boston, number one in the NBA, 44 and 12. I mean, they, they just have they have players who can basically, be, because of the acquisitions of uh, Drew Holiday and Kristaps uh, Porzingis this offseason, you know, they basically have opened it up to where anybody – uh, can be dangerous, at, uh, no matter where, no matter where you go. Uh, whether whether you, if you double Porzingis, well, actually, it doesn't matter if you double Porzingis; he'll just shoot it over you, anyways. Um, yeah, pretty much. But you know, it's it's almost like they basically, uh, the Celtics have become one of those teams that make it hard to defend, unless you're unless you're getting them at the rim. Yeah. One of the things like, I don't like so doing. far, though, I don't I don't like it's the fact man. that they've barely used uh, Xavier Tillman, though. Yeah, he's a good. The guy from from, uh, from Memphis. I took Nick's getting. I got seven points. I, I figured it'd be tight in the Garden on on TV, like kind of the game of the week tonight. But I mean, right. The, the Knicks, the Knicks are missing their best defender and their best post player, Randall and OG and Obi's been awesome for the Knicks. The Knicks have been great this year, but they're not at the level yet. But I thought it would be kind of a close game, you know, being that it was in New York. But Celtics are putting the hammer down now. You're right; they're just they're impossible to defend, and they're great defensively. So it's like right, I, I dude, I, if, if they don't, I'm not giving them the jinx, Steve. But I mean, they dude, they should win it all this year. They really should. It, they got to stay healthy. And you know, and you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm looking healthy. at this. Uh, I'm looking at this lineup from uh, for uh, what's it called uh, for the Knicks. I'm looking at this lineup for the Knicks, and I'm I'm even surprised, honestly, that it's even this close. When you look at yeah. the. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's out. When you look at the lineup, when you look at the lineup of players that the Knicks have put out there, 
forgot Mitchell Robinson's out too. Yeah, I mean, best defender, best post player. Two out of, two out of their best three players are out. Three starters are out. So, again, I'm not trying to say they're as good as the Celtics or not, but I, I, I was thinking they'd play them a little bit tougher. I mean, Celtics are just too much to handle. Yeah. Jalen Brown's, Jalen Brown's been just nailing threes all night, too. Oh yeah, that's another thing. But I mean, when you when you have Precious Achua starting, you you have Precious, Precious Achua who is who is, you know, barely he barely got any time whatsoever up in uh, up in Toronto. Parkinson starting at center. It's a little bit too, too much to overcome tonight. Brunson's literally just carrying them <laughs> as best as he can, mm. and he's playing against the best. Of, He's playing a holiday, the best perimeter defender. So it's like, dude, it, it's tough. Not not one of my better decisions on taking the next. It's just a little action, but <laughs> and Porzingis not even playing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's. It's just honestly, really, you know, just looking at at the players that are out there. I mean, yeah, you got Jalen Brunson, you got Josh. I, I would expect that Josh Hart would be a start, yeah. would be a starter, uh, you know, in the case of of people being out. But I mean, Divincenzo, Hartenstein, Achua, you know, these are bench guys. Yeah, mm. Brunson. You could say Brunson is basically their only starter, yeah. their only regular starter. Steven Chen has been awesome, but yeah, he's gone gone back to reality tonight. Two for ten. He's doing what he's really done throughout his career. He's been playing way over his head. I mean, he's been like their second option with all these injuries. And they're saying out Julius Randle wants to come back, and he might not be. It might not even be healed in time. So if he comes back, he's not going to be as effective. I don't know. They got Bogdanovich. He's been a disappointment so far. He's sucked tonight. Bogey. Blue your old Brooklyn net. Your old New Jersey net. Bogey. Yeah. <laughs> what a disaster they turned to be. I mean, they even had to fire. <laughs> they, had, they had to fire their coach. You know, last year he brought them, you know out from the depths of nowhere, and now they're back in nowhere. And uh, yeah. I'm just hoping that Ollie, Ollie can, uh, can have a rap. I mean, he knows how to win. I mean, he took uh, UConn to a final and won. So hopefully they yeah. have the same success over here. I mean, I don't but, think yeah, they're going this year. But, I, you know, hopefully with, the, you know, in the off season they can work they can work on them, uh, help get them, you know, better uh, with, with the team and hopefully you know, turn them back into uh, where they were the year before. Maybe Ollie yeah. can do the job here. I was wrong about I kept talking about, hey, they got a great return. They got great trades for – they had to get something for Durant and Kyrie. But I was – I mean, Bridges hasn't proven to be a number one. Like he's not, he's not a, tough enough to be a leader. Cam Johnson's really been soft. He sucked. Ben, ben, ben um, Simmons has been a disaster. He always has been. It's just not a good team. Simmons doesn't even want to play. He's awful. They traded Ben Lee. I mean, you can watch no, he sucks. He's collecting a paycheck. And they're okay. stuck with him for another year. So, yeah, I was dead wrong on them. Bridges and K- 
Cam Johnson have just not been that good. I mean, you can you can just you can just see it in his in his face, honestly, or like, yeah, you can see it in his face, like literally when he's when he's sitting out there on the bench, it's like <laughs> I don't know, that. like wasn't wasn't he in a wasn't he in a relationship with one of the Kardashians? Yeah, he's, he's been cur- or with, with with one of the Jenners, I think. Same thing. Yeah, no, he's got the Kardashian curse. Kardashian curse is real. Yeah, he was. Well, not good. I'm sorry for the fourth sack. <laughs> and then every other game he's injured, and he can't even dress appropriately. He has these weird-looking sweat suits on. It's like, just get away from the team. Don't even sit on the bench, then. Right. The guy's just yeah. useless. The guy's useless. And he looks like he just does not even care. Just, it's insulting. Well, if you ever have for the Kardashian, you wouldn't care anyway. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's you know that that just shows you that it, that not everybody, you know, not not everybody makes this uh, right. You know, makes it makes it in the NFL or in the uh, NBA. Yeah, and I think just mentally he got destroyed because in Philly, remember he couldn't hit free throws and he he wouldn't shoot. And he was getting booed, and then he kept getting injured, and the Nets thought, oh, we can yeah. get him for real cheap. We'll, we'll resurrect his career. And mentally, he's just done. I think he just kind of quit. He, he just kind of quit trying. I, I don't, he was always soft, and he's just like not – he's not into it. You're right, Steve. He just it doesn't want to be out there. doesn't want to play. Yeah, I mean, this, this guy got uh, – didn't he, he – he signed that extension with Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being in Denver like is a big he, deal. Yeah, it's like he <laughs> stole so he stole all that money from uh, from Philadelphia in that extension. It's they just chased him out of town. They hated him. Yeah. And now he's just like, walking well, around well, with like he's just shot like he just he he realizes what a loser he is. Sorry to be blunt, but he just doesn't have you know. Doesn't have it in him no. now to like try try anymore. I kind of feel bad for the guy, but, but uh, he just doesn't even try. So I can't feel that. Boston goes here, though. As as far as Boston goes here, you know, and it looks like they're going to hang on to win. Uh, they got about three minutes left. It's one eleven to ninety three. Uh, the the thing about Boston is, you know, it's just. They are way too, uh, you know, they're just way too, t- way too tough right now. Fixing. No offense. They're head and shoulders. They're the best team in the league. It's not close. I don't think. Said a couple times. I mean, they've been very good for several years, but this is the best team. Sure, it's their best lineup. Best Boston roster I've seen. In a long time, since KG, since KG, Ray Allen, and Pierce. Let's see. Uh, another. Sorry, I was I was just uh, handling uh, handling some business uh, in uh, in whispers right now. Um, 
Yeah, some you know some other scores from around the NBA right now. Uh, Orlando with a slim three point victory, one twelve to uh, one hundred nine over Detroit. Uh, speaking of uh, Ben Simmons, uh, his Brooklyn Nets. Uh, 62 to 59, they are currently trailing the Timberwolves. And uh, Ben Simmons right now, four points and eight rebounds in that game. Well, still, he's still a bunch. He actually scored. That's that's amazing. The the dude is fucking terrified to shoot from beyond beyond the arc. How is more cool to win? Thank you. No, but now, Steve, now he literally won't shoot. It's gotten so much worse. It's like playing four yeah. on five. They're, like, they're missing a perfect He shouldn't be in the league. He does no. not want to shoot the basketball. If you're in the NBA, you don't want to shoot. Find a new job. Sugar him a long time ago. <laughs> they can't wait to get rid of that guy. I think they have another year and a half with him. Plus they trade him or come out or just cut him. <laughs> Purgatory for the Nets. A whole other year and a half with that, with that moron. Ugh. He is not a great. He is not a great Man. player. You know he was. Yeah. Who was it? One of his teammates. You guys remember that? They were saying, you know, oh Doc Rivers kept saying in practice, we keep telling him to shoot, just try shooting the three pointer. Because the defense would just literally come get away from him, 10 feet away from him, and just dare him to shoot and just go double-team someone else. And then he got booed so much. Now he's literally just – he's so scared he will not shoot the ball. He's just done. It's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. It's uh, – you know, he's going to be one of those – one of those type of uh, stories that's going to be that's going to be like a what if thirty for thirty <laughs> the, the downfall right. of Ben Simmons. I mean, just because he was like, he, he, yeah, he was a perennial all star, and then still like young, young enough, and just stopped being good. Now he really can't even play the guy if you want to win games. Uh, that's the biggest biggest fall from being a good player to. Terrible that I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't seen it in any other sport. I don't know if you guys have. There have been any examples in hockey where a guy just lost his confidence and just became awful when he used to be an all-star? It's just it's amazing to see. I've never seen something like it. Uh, let's see. Uh, we do have some, uh, some bits of hockey news here. Uh, oh. obviously with the, with the trade deadline, uh, just around the corner, I think we're about two weeks away, maybe, uh, yes. the Boston, the Boston Bruins who are already, uh, looking for defensive help, uh, looks like they may be going even further. Uh, now, because Hampus Lindholm is expected to be out week to week after suffering an undisclosed injury uh, during Monday's game with the Dallas Stars. 
let me see. And also, I believe, uh, I believe uh, that. Who was it? Oh, uh, Lena Solmark. Apparently, there has been rumors that Lena Solmark oh. is on the uh, trade market. Wow. And what they may be trying to do is they may be trying to flip him for either a top defensive pairing or for a top defensive player or a top uh, forward. And also not to mention as well that uh, Jeremy Swayman is due for a uh, big contract uh, coming up now too. So uh, you can't really have – you can't really be paying big money to two goaltenders on the same roster. Which, I mean, ultimately, you know, the thing that killed Boston last year is, okay, yeah, you know, going back and forth with goaltenders is good for the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're not ready for the playoffs. We saw what happened in the playoffs. You know, they – they stayed with uh, Linus Olmark, and Olmark basically broke down uh, with a, with an injury that he had suffered in oh. uh, during that playoff round. And they waited all the way until Game Seven to put in a very cold Jeremy Swayman, and that's ultimately what kind of cost uh, Boston uh, Boston's record-setting season. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, I just I, – I actually think that this might be the right move for Boston because Olmark – I mean, honestly, between the two goaltenders, I would say I would say probably Swayman has been the better of the two this year so far. Uh, yeah. I mean, let me take a look, actually. Let me just double-check that. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly – uh, let's see. Let's go by franchise, Boston Bruins. Get stats. Yeah, Jeremy Swayman is 18-6-7 with a 92 save percentage and a goals against average of 2.47. Linus Olmark is 16-6-5. Uh, for a 91.4% save percentage and a goals against average of 2.72. So chances are if they stay the route that they're going, they're probably going to win back-to-back William M. Jennings trophies, which goes to the the best goaltending duo in the league. Uh, They'll probably win that trophy again. But there's a possibility now that, you know, with with Olmark uh, coming off of a Vezina Trophy season last year and assuming that his – assuming his uh, – uh, what's it called hasn't dipped uh, – assuming his trade value hasn't dipped that far, they yeah. could potentially still sell high on him right now. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh we see a potential uh a potential bombshell coming uh coming out of Boston with uh Linus Olmark potentially on the move. 
I mean, especially when you look at when you look at that roster that they have. I mean, obviously, you know, they're number one in the. Well, actually, let me double check. Are they still number one, or did Florida? No, they're still number one in the Atlantic Division by one point. Uh, after okay, uh, they are thirty-four, twelve, and thirteen uh, after suffering wow. back-to-back overtime losses uh, to Calgary and today to uh, to Vancouver. But uh, 34, 12, and 13 uh, for 81 points. And they're tied with the Rangers, actually, right now for the best record in the the East. Yeah. And both teams are one point behind the Canucks for the best record in the NHL total. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Do I take to be a Stanley Cup rematch in '94? Well, I mean that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen, Lou, because there's, you know, there's the possibility. I mean, let me take a look at the. Uh, uh, does T does TSN still have that trade bait list up? Um. You know, there's uh, quite a few players who could potentially be on the move at this trade deadline. I mean, Jacob Chitrin is one of the names that could be on the move from Ottawa. Uh, You know, Christopher Tanev from the Flames, Noah Hannafin, Jacob Markstrom, their goaltender, uh, he, he may potentially be on the move. I mean, there's, there's still a lot that is, that is yeah. that is yet to be. Uh... Where is their trade bait list? Okay, let me try Trade Center. Maybe that has it. No, that doesn't have anything, it. Uh, any big time defenseman? Maybe on the move. I mean, I've just followed uh, the Rangers. I mean, kind of save a ton of good options yeah, Jake, on offense. Richard. I know that. I mean, okay. here's, here's the you. defenseman. Here's the here's the defenseman on the market right now. Noah Hannafin, uh, a left shot defenseman from Calgary. Uh, thing is, he's mm-hmm. a free agent. So basically, you would have to hope that they either sign him to an extension or he potentially walks in free agency. Uh, and also, it's worth noting yep. he'll be unrestricted too. So unrestricted means that. Uh, you know they can't qual- they can't issue him a qualifying offer. Uh, they either have to agree to an extension before the free agency period opens, or you know he officially hits free agency. Uh, Chris Tanev is another defensive option out there. Although honestly, you know Hannafin, he's eight years younger and he and he's. Uh, He's worth, you know, he's worth a little bit more against the cap, but uh, Hannafin has produced more this year. Uh, Sean Walker, a right shot defenseman from Philadelphia, he's also listed. Uh, he's about half of the cap hit of uh, of Hannafin, about two point six five, uh, five goals on the year, fifteen assists through fifty six games, uh, coming out of Philly. Alexander Carrier from oh, excuse me from Nashville two and a half mil four goals uh, fourteen assists he's on the final year of his deal as well 
and that's that's within the top ten uh, trade bait list for TSN. Uh, you also have Jacob Chitrin. The reason why he isn't higher up is because he has a year left on his deal, and maybe perhaps you know the the more the the further down this list you go, the less <laughs> likelier of a chance it is mm-hmm. that they may get traded. Uh, let me see. I don't think any of the Rangers are on this list. Oh no, Capo Caco is there. Capo Caco is listed on there. Uh, oh boy! Although that wouldn't be much of a loss. Only seven goal, only seven goals and four assists for for yeah. Capo Caco. I don't know what the hell happened to him. He didn't develop right. Uh, no, he didn't. Top three, <laughs> top four pick. I, I remember him. I was worried about Lafreniere yeah, for a, a while too, but he's he's Alexis has turned it on big time. But yeah, Caco is a total. Busto. Yeah. Caco Busto. Yeah, Caco Caco is Caco, a complete Caco, bust. Caco, I don't I don't know what I don't know what the hell happened with him. Uh Waco, yeah, Caco, I, find Caco, Busto, Busto. I find it interesting that Jake DeBrusque is not on this list. Because with him being in a contract year, there's a question as to whether or not he might get moved uh from the Boston Bruins. And he's having a little bit, like a tiny little bit of a down year this year. Um, I find that, yeah, I find that kind of interesting that he's not on there. As well as, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Linus Omark. I'm surprised that Linus Omark isn't on that list either. Omark. Hmm. Yeah, because... Like I said, the 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 rumor is is that Boston is trying to go after a uh, yeah. either a top forward or a top or a top defenseman in this market. And some of the names I've seen them connected to, I've seen them connected to Noah Hannafin, I've seen them connected to Alexander Carrier, uh, Sean Walker. I've seen them connected to uh, Adam Henrique. Scott, Law, uh, Scott Lawton, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, I've seen them connected to. Uh, one of the names on this list, Jake Gensel, I think it's a, I think it's a, an ice cube's chance in hell that he gets moved, but he's the number four <laughs> player on this list. Uh, 22 goals, 52, uh, 52 points total. He's worth. Six million dollars against the cap. I, I just I don't think that Pittsburgh's going to move him, um, even though he is a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, looking at some of the other some of the other uh, lists, uh, some of the other notables I should say on here. Jake Allen I think might get moved from uh, from Montreal. Uh, I believe he's their backup goaltender. So yeah, I think. Yeah, backup backup goaltender. I mean, his points aren't or his uh, goals against and save percentage aren't really that good. Eighty nine point four save percentage, three point six six goals against average. But he would be serviceable for a team that needs a backup goaltender. Uh, somehow he's listed as number twelve on this list. Uh, and TSN, you know, TSN is the one. Uh, the one place to go to when you're talking about Canadian uh, Canadian Sports Authority. Um, one thing I find interesting is that they believe that Edmonton's first round pick this year 
will be traded. So huh. Edmonton, they must be preparing to make something. Let me check. Let me see where Edmonton is right now. Edmonton, they are – well, they're in a playoff spot. So I could I could see them potentially moving their first-round pick if they want to get uh, – if they want to get reinforcements for uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor uh, uh, Connor McJesus there, um, oh yeah, him. Jordan Everly, if there, you know, if there's a if there's a team that's looking for a uh, looking for a right wing sniper, he's a, he's a good option on this list. Ten goals, twenty assists, five and a half mil, so he's probably gonna. Probably gonna uh, probably gonna be worth uh, quite a bit on the uh, when it comes to the when it comes to uh, trade value. Uh, Frank Vetrano though, Anaheim. Oh, that's why it's Anaheim. So I- I'm surprised he's not higher on this list. Twenty six goals and eighteen assists. Easily the best season of his career. Uh, Twenty six goal season worth uh 3.65 mil and he's he's only ranked 17th on this list. Now granted it could be because he's been playing top line minutes for uh or or second line minutes for uh for Anaheim this year, but I'm actually kind of surprised that he's not ranked higher here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, a 20 like he actually, believe it or not, he has the most goals on this list out of all the out of all the players that are being looked at as trade bait. He has the most goals with twenty six. I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing: if uh, if Boston wants a uh, wants a top uh, a top winger, although. No, they wouldn't have room for him, though. No, never mind. They wouldn't have room for him because then they'd have to move. Yeah. They'd have to move Brad Marchand down to uh, unless they'd have to move either Marchand or Jake DeBrusque down the line. And yes. I could see them doing it with DeBrusque. I I couldn't see them doing it with Marchand though. Uh, let me see. Actually, where does Boston? Where does Boston rank right now when it comes to? Uh, Van Riemsdyk, he's producing at an okay level. Uh, yeah, you know what? No, I don't think. I think if anything, I think Boston is more likely to go defense than forward because. I take a look at Boston's scoring. They have their top four, or yeah, they're, no, actually their top three forwards: David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, and Charlie Coyle uh, all have at least forty-five or more points. Charlie Coyle, actually, he's on uh, right now. He's on. He's uh, playing at such a pace that he may actually set career highs. Uh, for himself, uh, for the first time since uh, since his Minnesota Wild days. Uh, I mean Van Riemsdyk. 
you know, if they weren't in such a huge playoff spot, I would say maybe they would they would choose to, to sell Van Riemsdyk because for a guy making only a million dollars on the uh, for for a guy making only a million dollars out of free agency, getting a guy worth a million in this trade market would have pretty tremendous value considering he's put up 11 goals on uh, Boston's third line or second or third line this year. Actually, yeah. women, let me see. How many times? Uh, time on ice per game, yeah, 14 minutes. So, yeah, he's been seeing about, I believe, third line time he's been seeing. Yeah, I, I, I would say, if anything, Boston's more likely to take a uh, – if they're going to acquire anybody at the deadline, either they acquire some depth uh, when it comes to forwards or or they acquire uh, maybe a top-line or second-pairing defenseman. Uh, I just I – would, I would say defense probably more than, more than forward would be the way that they would yeah, go. Yeah, they're kicking serious ass, what, 34 and 12, whatever. I mean, you don't want to mess up the chemistry. You don't want to break up from one of those top three lines. You never have enough defense, but I think they're good offensively. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, so far they've, uh, they've scored 199 goals this year, and they've given up 161. So, I mean, their plus, their plus minus differential is at a plus 38 which is good for good for I believe second in their uh good for second in their uh what's it called in their division mm-hmm. so i mean i i guess i guess it would be uh it would definitely it would definitely be Especially with the with the injuries that they've occurred or that that they've had to deal with, uh, I think it would be better off if they went on defense because you just you, they just uh, they just lost uh, Hampus Lindholm on a week to week basis, and now they've lost uh, Matt Grizzlick, uh potentially on a game to game basis. So. They're they're starting to get banged up on the left side. Yeah. <laughs> so I would assume that that's what they're probably going to do is they'll pro- they'll probably try to get a left shot defenseman. Um. For some reason I I, I just for some for some reason I think that they they may go for. Uh, well, no, because they can't go for. Maybe if they, you know, if if Calgary after they trade Jacob Markstrom, if they need a, if they need another goaltender, maybe they would take a, a swap of uh, Olmark for Hannafin. But otherwise, I don't see Boston getting Chitrin, and it looks like Nick Steeler is probably going to be extended by Philly. So I don't see them – I don't see Sealer being dealt. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know when it comes when it comes to uh, when it comes to this market. I guess I guess it really all it really all depends, if anything, on uh, you know what exactly what exactly will uh, will end up going down. Uh, I would say, if anything, right right now as the playoffs stand, if the playoffs were to were to take place today, your your top eight for each conference, you would have Boston, Florida, Toronto, New York, Carolina, Philly, Detroit, and Tampa representing the Eastern Conference. And the Western Conference, you'd have Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, uh, L.A., and the Nashville, ooh, surprisingly, the Nashville Predators uh, representing the West. So right now, I would say definitive sellers would be Anaheim. That's that kind of makes me think that Vetrano may get moved because I don't think I don't think his uh, I don't think his value would be any hot will be any higher than it than it is right now. Uh, right. Calgary, I mean Calgary, they could be sellers, but they're still kind of in the thick of things. They're 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 only three points behind that final wild card spot. So I mean they could potentially try and make a move as as well as Seattle. Uh, let's see. Where is Pittsburgh? Ooh, there's nine point. Maybe they may trade Getzel if they get the right offer. Pittsburgh's nine points out. Washington is six points out. Ooh, yeah. You know what? The Western Conference looks looks more competitive than the Eastern Conference does when it comes to the wild card. Always does. Because New Jersey, they're five points out. I mean, New Jersey, I guess technically, but the way that Detroit and Tampa have been playing this season, I. It would be an uphill battle for New Jersey to get back into it. I'll put it that way. It can happen, that but... Two wins in a tie. I mean, it, you know, they're not looking great, but five points, is that's a good week of hockey. They're, right, they're, they're in the playoffs. No, I have I to know, go like three, three or four wins in a row. At the same time, though, you, you take a look at the, at the pace that Detroit and Tampa Bay have been playing this year. That's you know, That's Detroit true. is a completely different team. Detroit's a completely different team with uh, Alex DeBrinket ever since they acquired him. And when it comes to Tampa, I mean, come on. Tam- Tam- Tampa is almost like uh, – Tampa is hockey's equivalent of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're always going to yeah. be in it regardless. Like they're, they're somehow they're going to make it yeah. into – you know, it's, yeah, it's like somehow every single year they're going to make it into the playoffs, no matter what their roster looks like. So, I just think I, mean, right I, mean, now, I, I give them a, I give I give the Devils two or three weeks if they go into like a tailspin themselves, but they're still they're still they're still hanging around. It's not it's not too well, late. Well, they, they've only got two weeks. They've only got two weeks left, I believe, until the deadline. 
Yeah. Oh, so that's right. No deadline. Yeah. So no, so you're right. I, I, I apologize for that, Ben. It's I, I'd give it you know another week. Also, if they wait too late, you might miss some good opportunities to right. trade still. So literally, well, I, to I'd be give fair, them fair though. I, I'd say if I were the GM, I, I'd see if they can win the next two games or like almost their next loss. Then I pull the plug. <laughs> to be no fair, pressure, to guys. be fair though, a lot of the uh, a lot of a lot of the big trades normally happen during that deadline process. Like normally, do- normally during the day of the deadline is when you see potential big trades go down. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's rare that you see trade uh, unless there's a team that feels that they can't afford to wait until the deadline to acquire somebody. You know they'll go and acquire that person maybe the night before the deadline or the day before the deadline. But normally, you know, especially for players like a, uh, you know, like, like, like a, uh, like a Jacob uh, or a, uh, yeah, Jacob Chitrin, uh, a Noah Hannafin, you know, Hannafin may, may go down to the deadline, same as Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, all three coincidentally are Calgary Flames. Um, you know, a lot. I, I'm looking at a lot of these players. A lot of these players may go all the way down until the deadline. Interesting. <laughs> so that's tough. That's just one of the toughest jobs for a GM. The, the days are counting down until that deadline, and you're like, "Are we gonna make a run?" Or because you're not like totally out of it. So it's got to be interesting right. when you're going to really commit to selling. You know, they might go on and they might win three or four in a row now. It's not looking likely, but. Well, I would look at it like this. You know, you, you look at like, say you're Pittsburgh. You're Pittsburgh, you're nine points out of a playoff spot right now. Wow. I'm probably looking at I'm probably looking at my looking at my roster right now, looking at the trend we've been going at and saying, we're 25, 21, and 8 right now. Odds are, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's a chance that we could make them, that we could make, you know, uh, a legitimate effort to crack the, uh, you know, to crack the playoff window. So, you know, I may look at potentially trading Jake Gensel for what I can get. Uh Unless, of course, you know, we decide, you know what, we'll just hold off on him until the, we'll, you know, we'll, uh, we'll try to re-sign him. And then, because uh, you, got, you got to also figure with some of these teams, you know, it's the, it's the last opportunity uh, or the last years for players like, uh, like Sidney Crosby or Alexander Ovechkin, you know, to potentially, say. to potentially make a run at a Stanley Cup. So, they may yeah. some of these teams, you know, especially if they have stars that may be on the verge of retiring in the near future, they may look at some of these uh, some of the trade bait that they have and say, well, maybe we can hold off and potentially keep the you know you know see if we can re-sign some of these guys so that they can help on that on that stretch run uh, to try and uh, to try and get. Uh, Sid the kid one more uh, one more cup before he retires or 
get Alexander Ovechkin a second cup before he retires. Yeah, that makes it even tougher. That's the face of your franchise for the last, you know, 12 or 14 years almost. Ovechkin's been around even longer than Crosby. Yeah. I mean, tough to say, uh, to turn off the lights on that, you know. That makes the job of the GM even tougher in those two cities. Yeah. Because if they sell it that, like I mean, you said, if you sell it, what are you going to do, rebuild for three or, two or three years, they're done. Crosby, Ovechkin. Right. I mean, I mean, look at look at what Boston did. Look at what Boston did last year, where they went all in. They got Tyler Bertuzzi. They got uh, they got Dmitri Orlov from the uh, and also Garnett Hathaway from the Washington yeah. Capitals. They went all in last year because last year would be the final year for David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron. So they went all in. Now I I don't think they would have gone all in last year uh if Bergeron and Krejci were gonna potentially come back this year. So Right. I kinda th- I kinda think like you know, when it comes to players like Gensel <coughs> it kinda makes me think that maybe perhaps uh, Pittsburgh may uh, may just hold on to him instead. And the same goes for uh, well, actually, no. Joel, when it comes to uh, when it comes to Washington, maybe they may still trade Joel Edmondson because Edmondson is he's thirty one, yeah, and. I mean, there's only there's only going to be you know a couple of, a couple of years left uh, of Alexander Ovechkin's uh, the best opportunity that he'll have. So I don't know. I think I think it's different with Gensel as opposed to Edmonton because with Gensel it'll be like well maybe I mean he's 29. So, and and who knows when Sidney? Who knows how 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 much longer Sidney Crosby has in the league? That's so right. there's still fifteen years. So, well, there's still a possibility, Lou. There's still a possibility that uh, you know Crosby can play. Uh, he could be one of those players that could play until he's like forty. Yeah, right. You know, he could play until he's forty, or he could play until uh, until until he's like forty-one, forty-two. You know, he could be one of those type of players, depending on depending on if he's still playing at, at a high enough level. So the Yager, huh? I guess, I guess you could put it that way. You could put it that way. Um, yeah, that's where I was. That's where I was going. <laughs> it all re- it all really depends. Yeah, like I said. Uh, but you know, I I the one thing I I think that uh, teams should really.